0: Hi friends, and welcome to the Be Nourished podcast, where we talk about the nourishing things in life, relationships, food, jobs, dreams, and everything in between. Hi guys. I hope you've had a very nourishing week so far. Welcome to Tuesday where we have a brand new episode on the Be Nourished podcast. Today we have Shelby Erickson. Shelby and I um, haven't known each other very long, but I already love her to death. And today, I do wanna go ahead and warn you that we are talking about some, some tough stuff. She shares with us her experience of having two miscarriages, and it's a pretty raw and emotional um, discussion, which I love and I think everybody can benefit from. But if you have littles in the car, or if you have just suffered through a miscarriage and this is a triggering topic for you, I would encourage you to have a friend listen to it first, or maybe wait until you're ready, um, just as a warning. Shelby talks to us today about how she felt isolated and alone. And she mentioned several times that nobody gives you a manual. Nobody tells you how to handle things like this. And while her doctor did prepare her a little, um, her first experience was not what she thought it would be. And so Shelby is really passionate about using their story to help other people who are on this journey or have a family member or a friend who's on this journey and don't know what to do or have never been told how to handle it themselves. This is a really powerful message that she shares with us today, and I tagged ways to access her information. She's written a lot about it in her blog. I tagged that in the show notes, as well as where to find her on Instagram. So, hope you enjoy this one, and let us know what you think. Okay. Hi, Shelby. Hey. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. I'm so excited. (laughs) This is so fun. I know. Okay, so tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Okay, so I have been married for four years to my loving husband Jeremy who's hilarious yes I think he's so funny he gets all of his humor from me I'll (laughs) tell everybody that seriously um yeah we've been married for four years uh we just recently moved to Searcy Arkansas last May for his job and wow it's been a year yeah over a year it's been quite the journey yeah moving up here from Jackson, Mississippi, where we uh, went to school and... That's where you guys met, right? Yes. So, yeah, we met at State in 2012, so we've known each other for about six years, Mm -hmm. and we have been best friends ever since, really.
0: It's fun to watch you guys, because you can tell you guys are really close. (laughs) I
1: love that. Yeah, sometimes... I feel like we're becoming the same person <laughs> Jeremy will say this so I'm not offending him but he cannot hold a tune and I've started to get that way
0: too <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> so,
1: that's like so when funny. I'm singing I can hear him coming out sometimes and I'm like what is <laughs> happening
0: because it picked up on each other yes
1: that's great um so yeah
0: we have um, the and okay, what is what do you do tell us what you do Shelby because it's really cool (laughs) i really don't know anybody else that does this yeah
1: so i'm an x-ray tech i work for a company that services the nursing homes and assisted living facilities in the area so not every x-ray tech gets to do this but i do get to drive around and see the sunlight during the day which is very rare for my field. Yeah. Normally we're stuck in a basement all day. Yeah. And I I have done my fair share of working in a basement but Ugh. I love my job. I love the, the people
0: that I work with and do you um, normally do x rays for things like they fell and broke their hip yeah. or is okay, so it's not like looking for cancer. Sometimes it okay. might be. Yeah. Okay.
1: It's a broad range of things. Um, we'll do anything from checking up with pneumonia Trying to follow and see how they're progressing with that. Uh, we do a lot of post-op stuff. So okay. People who have just had hip replacements, and likewise, we also take the X-rays when they break their hip sometimes. Gotcha. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting job.
0: Is uh, that something you knew? Like you always wanted to? No. Okay. It's or is not. You it just <laughs> kind
1: of stumbled into it. So I, I literally stumbled into <laughs> it. <laughs> I uh, was on a ski trip, or actually, snowboard trip. Uh i snowboarded um, with my family, and we were going down the mountain one day with my mom uh, doing the green runs. Me and my dad had just done, like, the blue blacks the day before, Mm -hmm. and so this was just going to be a quick trip down the mountain with my mom. Oh, no. And I looked over and saw a really cool area where I wanted to go, like, in between the trees. Oh, no. And I did not see that there was a huge lip um, right off the ski slope down to where I was trying to go so I actually fell and broke my wrist oh gosh and then on Ouch. the way down from the mountain yeah it was really painful and I was getting x-rayed and I was like "Hmm." something clicked in my head I was like I love photography and yeah I love science and medical stuff and I thought this was just the perfect thing for me and so
0: that's that is so neat I'm a, I, really because there's a lot of jobs out there that you just think, like, you know, things just happen. Like, yeah. you go get an x-ray. Right. You don't think about the fact that there are people who work those jobs. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I had someone tell me the other day they work a job. It's like they're almost like they spray, you know, you spray paint the lines on the streets. If, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. Thinking someone like, has to do yeah. that. You know, you just don't think about things like that. I'm yeah. sure, because, like, when you go to the dentist and they x-ray your teeth, it's the dental hygienist that's yeah. doing that. You know, you don't right. think about. But anyway, I just think it's so interesting, yeah. <laughs> especially because I work in the the feely side of yes. life. I find it interesting when people do things that I'm like, wow, yeah, you know, I can't Never even. Never really think about it before. Yeah, I do miss working in the ER though. That was that was fun. Oh my gosh, it I was can't imagine. A lot of fun. I'm not sure I would know what to do with myself.
1: Yeah,
0: you kind of get immune to it. Yeah, after a while. It seems fast paced in there. Yeah. Ooh interesting yes. so interesting so you guys are now in cersei yes super cute pup. link right yes i figured but i didn't want to say that we have a puppy link that we
1: got right before we moved here um thanks to one of the physician assistants that i worked with at the clinic in mm-hmm. byram mississippi um byram. Byram, yep. <laughs> <laughs> he uh uh, he showed me a picture of all the puppies that his dog had just had. I was like, Oh, they look Aww. so cute. I've always wanted a puppy. And he was like, I'll give you one. I was like, Shut up. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. And we he will is take beautiful. One. Yes, we love him so much. Oh, he's, he's so cute. He's been so great for
0: us in yeah. this season of life oh, yeah.
1: that we're in right now. Yeah. Um,
0: absolutely. So, yeah. so, Shelby, you and Jeremy have been on quite the journey the last two years. You said two years, Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. Um, very challenging. I mean, I can't even imagine the things you felt. Probably everything. Yeah.
1: Every, literally everything.
0: every emotion Yeah.
1: there is. Oh my gosh. I felt
0: it. Yeah. So start wherever you want to start, but tell us a little bit about what you guys have experienced, what you've been through the last almost two years. Yeah.
1: Jeremy and I were in Jackson. He was finishing up school. I was working for a clinic um, in Byram, Mm -hmm. and we wanted to start a family. Mm -hmm. We had been thinking about it for a while, and so we were really excited, and Mm -hmm. we got pregnant pretty soon after trying. I think it took us about two months Mm -hmm. to get pregnant. and I found out at work actually um, I took one of the pregnancy tests that we had in the cabinet and I slid it through the little door that people put their sample mm-hmm. specimen samples in mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I didn't see anything at first but my coworkers grabbed it and they looked at it I was sitting on the other side of the little area that we convened in mm-hmm. um, so the first time that I found out that I was pregnant it was actually from Brittany my co-worker mm-hmm. she drew a positive sign on a pa- piece of paper and showed it to me and I was in shock I mm-hmm. was like what <laughs> yeah um, pretty sure I said some form of <laughs> colorful language I was just in shock and excited and just feeling all these emotions I didn't really believe her until I looked at the test myself and I saw it mm-hmm. and I immediately called Jeremy because we cannot keep secrets from each other I know there are a lot of women who like to surprise their husband with these little clever things mm-hmm. like maybe putting a bun in the oven mm-hmm. or something and waiting till he gets home but we are not like that I mm-hmm. cannot wait so I called him and he was actually in class and I told him and he was feeling the same things that I was in shock and excited and it was just a really cool time and then we went back to work and we met up I I don't even remember at night I think we just probably were hugging and kissing Mm -hmm. and just so excited sure
0: um did you anticipate that it would be harder like did you think Were you shocked that it was so soon? Yes. Was that the most shocking? Yes. I was so, so
1: shocked about that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, I mean, I had had a lot of friends who have struggled through infertility and trying to get pregnant and knowing that it can take, like, six months for a normal, like, healthy couple who has nothing wrong, who have nothing wrong. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I was was shocked and Mm -hmm. thankful. Mm. And just, yeah, it... Our lives were changed yeah. from that moment. and even though we had never even seen our baby on an ultrasound yet, I was looking at um, looking at baby clothes and starting to plan out what my registry would be mm-hmm. and just just so excited. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it's been a really long time since I've thought about that side of it yeah before um, everything happened. So we, um, we went to our first appointment and we had an ultrasound done and everything was great. I think our baby's heart rate was like in the 140s. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were like looking up what sex the baby would be and mm-hmm. trying to see if it was gonna be a boy or a girl and uh, just, just so excited. Um, we told our parents We went to see each of them, and um, it was Jeremy's mom's birthday, so we wrapped up a present. We gave her a onesie and said her gift was gonna be here in June. Mm. Um, And everyone, I was really nervous to tell everyone, Mm. but everyone was so excited, and we told my parents. We did the same thing for them, it was their Wedding anniversary, actually. So we said we got them a gift, mm-hmm. and we did the same thing for them too. So they were floored, mm-hmm. um, just really excited. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a few weeks go by, we go to a wedding um, of a friend. We traveled to Nashville. I told my best friend that she's gonna be an aunt, mm-hmm. and she couldn't believe it either. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, just so sweet to look back on these times. Yeah. And, um, so we were excited, making plans. Like, what are we gonna do when the baby gets here? Is Jeremy gonna have a job? Am I gonna be able to work? Um, just trying to work through all of that, and we were just making it through, Mm -hmm. I don't know, just looking at our app and seeing how the baby was growing and looking at that and being so excited every time a new week would come up and Mm -hmm. we would see how big the baby was growing. So there was one day at work, I went to the restroom and I noticed um, there was some bleeding, but I wasn't terribly concerned because it wasn't red and I had learned that Women can have implantation bleeding, and that's normal. So, um, the day went on, and it just kept happening. And something in my gut was, like, you need to call the doctor and go in and just have your peace of mind. Mm -hmm. Because it was about to be Thanksgiving break. I knew that they were going to be closing soon for the holidays. So, they got me in, I think, that same day. Um, So, Jeremy met me, I think I went during my lunch break or something, Jeremy met me at the OB's office and we went in and there was no one in the waiting room. I remember that. Um, and that was such a huge shock because the first appointment we had, there were probably like, it seemed like a hundred women in there with Mm -hmm. all their babies and bellies and Mm. everything. So I think that was, looking back on it, That was, I think, God intervening for us and and making sure that we were in an environment that wasn't going to be just overwhelming, Mm -hmm. um, more overwhelming than it was. Mm -hmm. Um, So, we go back. Well, first of all, we were sitting in the waiting room and just laughing and joking talking about oh we'll we'll be back at work and everything I don't know do you think you guys were trying to just oh yeah we were definitely nervous um but it wasn't I didn't have any feeling I nothing could have prepared me for what we were about to feel sure um so we go back and to the ultrasound room and the tech uh, starts to look and everything and I, I knew the second that I saw the screen. Um, the baby had not grown since the first appointment, if anything it maybe grew a little bit. Um, and she asked someone to call the doctor in and my stomach has never dropped so far before mm. I I just remember like bringing my hands up above my head and just like not being able to process anything um, and I look over at Jeremy and I'll never forget his face mm. just such Heartbroken disappointment. Yeah. And I know that I had the same one too. Um so the tech is looking and I was like holding on to anything at that point, asking, Oh, well, is it normal not to find the heart heartbeat? Um she's like, No, it's not mm. and she asked me if I wanted a picture and I wanted to say no, but I said yes, and I'm glad that I did, but she printed one out, and then we go to another room, wait for the doctor to come in, and she tells us what we already knew, mm-hmm. and I've, I've never cried so hard before in my life. I mean, I literally thought that I was going to bust a blood vessel. Yeah. Um, and after we do our little talk with her we go home and we have to call our parents and tell them and it's just never never anything you expect um, I personally did not know many women who had gone through a miscarriage before. Mm-hmm. Neither one of our parents had ever experienced it. And so, we just, we didn't have, we didn't have many people that we could go to who understood, mm-hmm. and in in that moment, it was the beginning of a really Isolating time Mm -hmm. in our lives Mm -hmm. Um, But to backtrack with the The actual miscarriage itself um, We I chose not to medically intervene at all Um, I I didn't want to take away the opportunity for God to do a miracle mm. or something, I was just holding on to anything, yeah. um, and I would have felt I would have felt guilty. I think if I would have done a DMC or taken the medicine to start everything, and that's not to say that women who do that are wrong by any means we have to do what's best for ourselves, and that was just
0: what I felt was right. I mean, it's like you say, nobody gives you, you, right. you think you know this stuff happens, and you know that there's a possibility it will happen to you, but you don't really think, you oh, know, yeah. you're planning your baby's nursery, and you're getting a registry, and you're thinking about names and colors and a life. You're right. not thinking like, what will I do if I find out it's a miscarriage? Right. And so you're just thrown into the situation of like, what do we do? You know, you don't know. And no one gives you a manual yeah. for that. So you just have to figure it out. Right. So I like what you said about, you know, you have to do the best thing for you because nobody knows what that is. And nobody can tell you what is right. You yeah. know, you just have to do what you, the next step. Right. So, yeah, that
1: was, that was the road that we took. I, I didn't know fully what the experience was going to be like because my doctor did not really prepare me mm. for that. I was told that it was going to be like a heavy period. Yeah. Point and blank. And I think that I, I know that it was supposed to be like that because of our second miscarriage that happened at six weeks mm. and... How far along was this first one? The first one, we were nine weeks. Okay. Um, But the baby stopped growing at six, okay, so I think that she was right in some senses, but because my body didn't recognize that the baby was not viable anymore mm. I don't like that word. My body didn't recognize that the baby had passed, yeah. so I think that other parts kept growing, you know mm-hmm. like. It, it was just so different than our second miscarriage, but Yeah, we were Given the option of doing the medicine or DNC and I just I, I just didn't feel comfortable with either of those so We were told that we just had to kind of wait it out mm-hmm. And at this point I called work and let them know that I wasn't going to be in and They told me that I could take all the time that I needed and so I took that whole week off. I mm-hmm. believe that we found out the Monday of Thanksgiving week. And on Thanksgiving night, I began to have contractions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when everything started to move, move along. Sure. Um, which in one... At one sense, it was kind of relieving, mm. but on the other hand, it's like, okay, this is really happening. Like, I don't think that my mind fully understood until I started yeah. um, to actually actively miscarry. What do you think was relieving about it? What
0: What was it that felt relieving?
1: I wasn't going to have to have a surgery. I sure. point in blank. Yeah. Um, So, it was about a three-hour process, Mm -hmm. Um, and I was in the bathroom the whole time. Just, it was not, it was not at all like a heavy period. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I had contractions that were wrapping around my entire back, and it wasn't until after the case that I was speaking with other women about my experience, and then confirming that that was labor. Mm -hmm. And... On one hand it was it was even made it even more crushing yeah because it's like oh well you hear women having like I don't know ten kids or something and you think about how painful labor is but they don't remember any of that because you get a baby at the end of it yeah. and and I didn't have that all I had was the pain mm-hmm. and so it was just it's really hard So, yeah, that actual miscarriage, I guess the event, you would call it, Mm -hmm. um, it was the single hardest thing that I've ever experienced in my life. Um, I was in the bathroom for three hours, bleeding, and I didn't know that any of this was normal Mm
2: -hmm. um,
1: because I was told that it was going to be like a, a heavy period. So...
0: And was Jeremy just like try you know so
1: um, trying but not sure yeah it was actually I see God's hand in all of this when looking back at it. My parents were coming down to spend Thanksgiving with us anyways. So they were at our apartment mm-hmm. when all of this was happening. So my mom and Jeremy were trading out being with me mm-hmm. because it was it was a lot for them to handle. Sure. Um, and I didn't. I didn't know how they felt until recently. Um, I asked them, you know, like, how was your experience with it? And Jeremy said that he thought I was going to die, and I did too. I mean, I I had never bled so much in my life. Yeah. And my mom, my mom said that she didn't think that I was going to and if she had that we would have gone to the emergency room mm-hmm. but we did call the Jeremy called the doctor on call during all of this and uh, she confirmed that it was normal and this is just something that my body's gonna have to go through unfortunately mm-hmm. um, so after about three hours um, I I knew that I had passed the placenta Mm -hmm. because as soon as I did that, my body felt relief. Mm -hmm. Like, I I wasn't cramping anymore, Mm -hmm. wasn't having those contractions, and I could finally rest. Um, So I went to the bed and laid down and fell asleep. And I remember at the end of the night, it was like 11 o'clock at this this point, I think, um, everyone came in to the bedroom and they just hugged me goodnight and it was so weird. It was just so weird. Um,
0: Did it feel like an almost out of body? you oh, like, for sure. You've li- you got like one foot in this world, one foot in this world. Nobody really knows how to help you or what to say or do. Yeah. You don't know how to help yourself. You're not I'm sure if any that of this I'm is about normal. To die. Yeah, you like, think you're dying. I,
1: I, I, I had no idea, like where I was <laughs> mentally. I, don't, it was just, it was fight or flight. Yeah. During all of that, and I wanted to flight, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, but I'm thankful that I had my mom and Jeremy there, mm-hmm. and my dad too. Sure um because without them I mean I definitely would have given up yeah but because they were there and they were tending to me Mm -hmm. and everything that I needed even when I didn't know
0: some of the things that I needed Mm -hmm. um yeah so when you woke up the next day was it like was that a dream? Like what what kind of hit you that next day? Oh, I I knew because
1: the second I opened my eyes, I started crying. Mm. And I mean, I cried myself to sleep the night before, even though I was exhausted. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there were so many mornings after that day that I woke up in tears, mm-hmm. just knowing I used to be pregnant and now I'm not. Mm. And it all happened so quickly. Yeah. Even though it felt like a lifetime. Yeah. Um so yeah, it was it was so hard waking up mm. and knowing eventually my life is gonna have to to get going again. Mm. But you don't want it to. Right. Because what do you have to live for? Yeah. I mean, you've planned all of these things and dreamt up all of these dreams mm-hmm. for your baby. And your baby isn't there anymore. Yeah. So what do you do with all of that?
0: Yeah. Um, it's like you mentioned at first, you know, you, you said the comment that as soon as we found out we were pregnant, our lives changed. Yeah. So you your lives expand and then you lose your baby but you've already expanded
1: and you have all this space and what do you fill it yeah. with and i think for the last 2 years honestly even to this point i'm still having trouble filling that space mm-hmm. and knowing a baby isn't promised to us yeah a lot of people say well oh you're still young and you have time and while all of this is true it's it's not Promised to us that God is going to give us that blessing right. of a child. And that has been the hardest thing. Mm. Trying to find joy in that mm-hmm. and also feeling like all of your hope is gone when yeah. you think about
0: that fact, you know? Mm-hmm. So so was there anything during that time where you're waking up day after day and you're like, this is my life, you know, was there anything that felt that got you through that? Was there anything you did or used or had that really helped you get through? Or was it just a daily like climbing that hill?
1: Oh yeah, um, I mean it was it was really hard, but Jeremy and I leaned on each other during that. And honestly, I never knew how much I loved him and how much he loved me until we experienced that together, mm-hmm. that loss. Um, because we were all we had. Yeah. I mean, physically. Sure. Um, so we just, we leaned on each other, and it was, it was a really beautiful time for our marriage. Mm. Even though it was the hardest thing that either of us had ever gone through in our lives. I mean, we've lost grandparents. Sure. um and and that's about the extent of the really hard losses that we've had um but losing a child is just it's so so hard because mm-hmm. it's not it's not supposed to be that way your parents are supposed to die before you mm-hmm. are yeah. <laughs> you do yeah um so it was it was just a really special time. I mean, we, I'm
0: trying to think of what we did during that time. Well, there may be nothing because how, you know, what do you do? How do you, how do you do anything? I remember we watched a lot of movies. Yeah. Um,
1: my parents were still there the next day and I didn't want to do anything. And so we bought like a, four-pack of Pixar movies or something on Apple TV, and we watched those, and I found Mm -hmm. that to be really good, because that could almost escape reality, Mm -hmm. not quite, but it was all that we could do, you know?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, But just leaning on each other was the main thing that got us through Mm -hmm. all of that.
0: So you've mentioned it, but then you guys ended up having a second miscarriage. So how long, I mean, how long after your first did you experience the second one?
1: So we waited the month after we miscarried. I had one cycle and then we tried again and we ended up getting pregnant the first month.
0: Were y'all, it. were you, like, ready and excited to try again, or was it, how did you feel? Because I know some women wait a year or yeah. more, but some women are like, I want to start immediately. Yeah. Um,
1: I, I don't really remember if this was just, I, I don't mm-hmm. want to reduce our second child's life to being us trying to fill a void, but I do think that, that was, that was a lot of why we were trying again so soon, so suddenly. Um, and we, we still had hope at this point because we would only miscarried one time. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, oh, well it, you know, it happens to one in four women and we know the odds scientifically of um, our chances of miscarrying again, and you know, we had this hope that it was going to be different this time mm. and Just trying to I guess control uh, Have some sort of control in our lives we, we wanted to try again and We were we were still excited. I was definitely more excited I believe than Jeremy was With the second, because he he had had a really hard time attaching to our second baby. Because we had felt this immense pain, and I don't blame him at all for that. Sure. Um, I think that I had a little bit of that, too. But I was definitely more hopeful Mm -hmm. than anything. Yeah. So... We had our second miscarriage in March of
0: 2017. Okay. So only a few months later than our. Do you first feel like you walked through the same sort of process, or was it a different? Was it different this time? It was different.
1: Um, we knew what to expect with a miscarriage. That that's our normal for pregnancy. Um, I think it would have been harder <laughs> if we had stayed pregnant the whole time because we just we didn't know what that was going to be like so it, it was definitely different I think that it was a lot easier with the second miscarriage um easier in what way that's interesting
0: that because that was our normal you you went into it thinking because the first time you got your hopes so high oh, yeah and like, we had, ready we yeah
1: were, like we had the what is phrase i'm trying to say we had the rug pulled out i know
0: what you're saying (laughs) rug pulled out from under us we
1: had the rug pulled out from under us with the first miscarriage um and we sort of almost expected it with our second Mm. even though we were hopeful um yeah it it was only six weeks when we miscarried the second time and I don't want to say only, because it was still heartbreaking. Mm. I mean, to have a second baby die, yeah. it it was almost more crushing yeah. than the first miscarriage, because I labeled myself as the woman who miscarries. Mm. Um, that I my body can't sustain a pregnancy, so... How am I even a woman? Like, mm-hmm. just f- having my identity be in carrying a child, and that was that was one of the many things that spiraled us or me specifically into almost a depression. And I don't think that I I was. Uh, I don't want to say that because I don't think I was in depression. It's sprawled me into being depressed. Yeah. For a long time. Sure. Um, But it it was like being kicked when we were down, basically. Yeah. And it happened at six weeks. So I called into work again and The hard part about that was that I just told people at work, like, the week before we miscarried.
0: Mm. It was the same people that you worked with
1: before? Yeah. Um, So I had just gone around and let everyone know that we were pregnant again, and
0: then I had a miscarriage. And... Did you ever feel angry? Just like livid?
1: Oh yeah. I think that I've experienced more anger in the last year than I did at the beginning. Yeah. Because, again, like I said, trying to navigate what my life may be like, not being able to carry Mm. a baby full term, um, to continue to have these miscarriages and see all of your friends get pregnant, it's so, so hard. Yeah. And, I mean, I love my friends, I I love them dearly, but sometimes you just have to do what's best for you. And I would say that to any woman who's experiencing miscarriage and feeling guilty about not attending a shower, yeah. Or um, not being able to be there for your friends. Yeah, for sure. It's just—it's so hard. It's mm. like picking open a wound. Mm. Seeing, seeing everyone get pregnant. to navigate through that has been the hardest thing yeah because uh you want to be there for your friends and you want to be excited for them but jealousy can strangle you and i've been i've i'm still struggling with that yeah um
0: I know that you have written a lot about this, um, and we're gonna put your blog in the little notes, of the show notes, so that people can access that. Um, so, and I say that to say, I think that there's so much more. I mean, there's infinite amounts more that could be said, and then you, there are no words for, and nobody else is saying it. So I know you've written a lot about it, but what are some things that you would say, three categories, really. Um, what would you say to the mom who just had a miscarriage, or had a miscarriage six months ago, or last year, or five years ago. I mean, what would you say to that mom first, and then what would you say to the dads, right? Because Jeremy's oh, yeah. in there with you, trying to help you, doesn't know how to help you, doesn't know what to do, while dealing with his own grief. So what would you say to the dads, and also what would you say, and I'll remind you of all these, okay? <laughs> what would you say to people who have no one in their lives, who've had a miscarriage and they they don't know what to say like when you're not at the shower they they might say things insensitively or they might say well you're young and you can try again like you mentioned earlier or are you ever going to try again you know things people say that they don't mean to be rude or insensitive but they also probably don't know what to say so start wherever you want whichever category but what would you say to the people who are listening and like oh wow i realize i'm in one of those categories
1: So to the people who have never walked beside anyone who have gone through miscarriage, um, I would say, you know, there's nothing that you can say that's going to fix someone losing a child. Mm -hmm. You're not gonna be able to bring their baby back with your words. Um, So just being conscious of that and knowing that you can't fix the situation by saying anything. Um, and I I struggle with that. I am a fixer. I love to fix people's problems, and, and I can't do that. Yeah. And going through a miscarriage has helped me a lot, learning that I am not in control of everything. I can't change circumstances. Only God can do that. And so just relinquishing control of trying to fix things. Yeah. That that's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And also just at the same time just acknowledging what they've been through. Yeah. Um, I go a lot more in depth in many blog posts about what you can do to help people who are going through a miscarriage. But at the end of the day, it's just being able to sit with them and be uncomfortable we are a society that does not like discomfort. We don't like to hear about the bad things that are happening and it makes us uncomfortable to try and be empathetic with people. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you it it's a huge blessing to have those friends who have empathy, who are able to sit with you, who can cry with you whenever you're crying, who don't need to say a word. They yeah. just they just Just sit there and be there. And we have a lot of friends who have been that for us. And I'm so grateful. Mm -hmm. That's been the biggest thing that's helped us through everything other than talking with the people who have walked through miscarriage. Um, The friends who have that empathy and can come to where you are. Mm-hmm. and feel that with you it's a huge burden yeah. and it's not something that I take lightly people who are able to do that because it's it's really hard It makes you feel all the things that you have that are uncomfortable and hard um, but that's why God created community yeah. that's what we're here for that's who he is he is three in one. He is community. That is who we are supposed to be, and so just having those empathetic friends who can sit with us. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and grief has no timeline. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm sitting here two years later, yeah, having yeah. having trouble going sure. through new life phases with
0: people, um, and so yeah. I and know. I think I think it's important <laughs> because. I have not suffered the loss of a child, but I've suffered the loss of people close to me and it does not matter how long how far removed you are, right. that grief, I mean, you don't get over right death like that. You just sort of learn how to live without them. Yeah, there's a an
1: illustrator on Instagram that I follow. Her name's Mari Andrew. And she drew this perfectly. Um she shows someone walking with a a suitcase or a bag, and as it progresses, the bag gets smaller and smaller, and at the end of the picture, it's just a little tiny purse that Mm -hmm. they're holding, and it was symbolizing grief, and I think that's perfect. I mean, you're always gonna have that with you. Yeah. It's just, as time goes on, the bag will get lighter and lighter, and it will be easier to manage and to live your life um,
0: in your new normal. Yeah. So, what about the moms and dads who are walking through miscarriage? So, I'm gonna save the moms for last. Yeah. Um,
1: the dads. Um, Jeremy actually wrote a blog post about for husbands who are experiencing miscarriage, mm-hmm. but a couple of the things I remember him saying were, so the dads aren't experiencing all of the physical aspects that the woman is, but they're definitely right there with her. I mean, they're carrying, Jeremy carried my burden of all of the physical aspects too, of miscarriage, even though he wasn't going through it personally. I mean, he was, literally right there beside me during everything i know that one of the big things that he has said is that like friends who are trying to be there for people who have gone through miscarriage the husband isn't going to be able to fix what the wife Which is, is going probably through. really hard for <laughs> It's so, so hard because men are taught to yeah. be the Make fixers. it better yeah make it better carry the weight So for men in our society, they're taught not to have feelings and emotions, Um, but I would encourage the husbands who are going through miscarriage to to feel those and to really open yourself up to walk through that with your wife because you acknowledging all of these hard things is going to allow you to connect with your wife on a more meaningful level. And that was a huge thing for Jeremy and I. Um, He he was being strong for me when I needed him Mm -hmm. to be, but we were also going through this together, and so he was showing me that he was hurting too. Mm -hmm. And that was really validating for me because there were a lot of times that I didn't feel validated, but when I would come home Mm. And I saw that Jeremy was hurting too. I knew that it's okay yeah. to feel that.
0: Which I think is so important because I do think a lot of men or people in general feel like they have to be I have to be strong. I have to be I can't show her that I'm struggling because she's struggling and I need to be. But that seems to further isolate. Oh yeah. You feel like like what you You're said, in
1: prison in your own home if yeah. your husband isn't able to connect with you on an emotional level. Yeah,
0: because society doesn't understand and if your husband doesn't show that he understands or maybe doesn't understand, then you really do feel like right. I am the only one. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe yeah. I'm being too dramatic. Like whatever it is, I think I, think I like that you said that because yeah. it's really important.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, some of the only comfort that I got was from Jeremy because we were experiencing everything together. And it just it's made our marriage so much stronger. And yeah. so I would encourage any man who's going through that to, to not miss out on the opportunity to connect with your wife and grow your marriage mm-hmm. even deeper. Yeah, I like that. Um, for the moms who are experiencing loss, I think specifically I'm able to speak for the moms who have lost children and don't have previous, like, you don't already have children. Yeah. Um, Oh, man. Just, uh, Jeremy told me this all the time, and I didn't believe him at all, that I was strong. And sometimes it annoyed me to hear that. Sure. (laughs) But you are strong. I mean, this is one of the hardest things that you could ever experience in your life. And it doesn't matter that your child wasn't born already. I think that society views child loss... uh, A lot of people said to me, Oh well at least you're only nine weeks, at least you're only six weeks. And that was so hurtful. Um not validating my baby's life yeah. and soul yeah. that they had. So you're you're so strong. Um and you don't have to believe that because other people around you will believe it for you. <laughs> yeah. And one day you'll look back and realize that you are, but just knowing that I think it gives I don't know, hope that you can you can get through this. Yeah. Um, it's okay to to feel angry mm-hmm. and jealous and all these emotions that you. You think are wrong or simple accept people's help when they ask you if you need anything just be honest with them yeah um if you need a meal or if you need someone to sit with you and cry just be straightforward because I missed out on a lot of opportunities especially with our first miscarriage to invite people in mm. um to sit with us because I just assumed that they couldn't understand. Mm. And to some extent no they can't, but also not giving them the opportunity to do that is is pushing is, is isolating yourself. Mm. And so that's just something that I learned with our first miscarriage. With our second, it was it was easier because we let people in. Mm. We weren't as closed off. Um, and it's okay if you do need alone time for a while, but I would encourage you to let people serve you mm-hmm. when you need it. Yeah. Um, and also, it, it's going to get easier. Mm-hmm. I know that it, it feels like it's not going to, um, especially if you've... Gone through miscarriage so recently. If you've gone through a miscarriage recently,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, it, it seems like every day you wake up and nothing has changed. But I promise you that God is taking bit by bit your burden away from you. Mm-hmm. Um, one day you'll wake up and realize that you haven't cried for a week, yeah. and it it just get it gets easier.
0: Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, Shelby, I am honored. I, I'm honored to hear your story. I think you really are going to help so many people. And I definitely think pointing them to your blog where you've written a lot more about this. Um, because really, the biggest thing that I hear from you is that nobody seems to talk, well, not nobody, but a lot of people don't talk about it. And because you feel so weird and like out of body and you didn't expect this you know you don't know where to turn you don't know where to go and a lot of times you might feel very alone and so I love that you have chosen to take your story and make it something that can help someone else because I think it already has and I think it continue, it will continue to so I'm, I'm honored that you shared with us today and I think this is going to really benefit a lot of people um, is that if they do have questions or if they have thoughts or if they wanted to share something is your blog the best place for them to do that or on instagram or what would be
1: probably instagram
0: Kay. would be easier to reach me and your instagram handle <laughs> at shelves 1914 love it i'll also tag that thanks oh man i'm proud of you Thank i'm you. proud of you because i think this i think your story could have gone a lot of ways Yeah. but you you guys have chosen to make a life anyway and i know that that can be very tough
1: and it, it wasn't always like this. Sure. I mean, we've definitely been through the valleys and, sure. and experienced all of the yucky things mm-hmm. and anger and everything. Yeah. But it, it, it
0: does get better.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what is nourishing you now? Ooh. So spending time
1: with friends. We've made so many friends here. We're so grateful for all of them. And spending time with them has been so life giving for us. Mm. Um, and just realizing that we're not alone, that everyone is walking through something difficult. Yeah. And so, bearing each other's burdens has been such a great experience. Mm. Um, walking our dog. Yes. <laughs> yes. We love him so much. And you'll have a cute neighbor. Yeah, so cute. It's great for walking him. Yeah. And homemade pretzels. Oh I've my been gosh. Yes.
0: yes, you told us that last time that you've been making those. Yes.
1: Man. I would
0: make you some. Yeah. We would so good. love them. And you just make them I mean it seems easy-ish, right? Right, yes. Okay.
1: There, there are plenty of recipes on Pinterest that are not that difficult, and I hate baking, so. Okay, so it's possible it's for foolproof.
0: me. It's <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love to try new things like that. I was telling Clayton, we're eating something tonight, and I'm like, this could go either way, dude. Like, I don't know. <laughs> we're going to try it, but we'll see. What are you making? It's called, okay, it's called Barbecue Ranch Sweet Potato Salad. Ooh. But when I think potato salad, I think cold. Yeah. And it's not That's that. Hot. It's hot, and it's got, like, bell peppers and bacon. And I figure I like all those things individually. Yeah. So but it's, it's one of those, like, paleo meals. Ooh. Because okay. we trying Healthy. and I hate everything about it. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I don't hate everything. It's just, <laughs> just hard because so I want, that. like, nachos. Oh, so. I was thinking
1: about that on the drive because yeah. I just came back from my parents' house, and I was thinking, you know, like, I want to eat healthy. Oh,
0: it's hard. Because I,
1: I have to go to the grocery store. Yeah. But if I buy a lot of healthy things that aren't exciting, then we're going to
0: go out to eat, and we're just going to waste. I know. I, I figure it's 50-50 when I try a new recipe. I'm like, either this is going to be good and fine, or we get nachos. Yes. So, <laughs> you can't lose. No. Oh, yeah. I love pretzels.
1: They're so
0: good.
1: Mm. And I... I think you can use the same recipe to make (coughs)
0: bagels. So I'm gonna try that. Oh my gosh. I don't need to know that because I used to eat an everything bagel with a fried egg and a slice of cheese and honey mustard every morning for breakfast. That was back when I was a young child and I could do things like that. And if I start on, if I get, bagels are like gateway drugs for me. If I start on that path, there's no going back. It's the gluten. I know. It'll get you. I know. It's just so good. Well, Shelby, thank you so much for chatting with us thank today you I've for loved it. having me it's been yeah. great Thank you So, so powerful, man. Even in the editing process, I was so um, touched by her story and so proud of her for taking one of the most terrible experiences she and her husband have ever had and making it something to benefit other people. she's really passionate about that, and I just think that's amazing that not only is she standing strong but she also wants to use her tragedy to help others. So again, if you have questions or concerns or thoughts or need someone to say, you know what, me too. Um, Shelby's open to that. She said the best way to get in touch with her is Instagram, which we've tagged, but it's at shelbs with an S on the end, 1914. So be sure and do that. She welcomes that and you will definitely benefit from talking to her. Happy Tuesday, you guys. Enjoy the rest of your week and I'll see you next week
2: no no you no me, no do